We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What is up, everybody? Welcome to the Guilty as Charged podcast, coming to you live on a Saturday evening. I guess Saturday night is more appropriate there as the Chargers have officially wrapped up their first preseason game, uh, beating the Rams 34-17 to in the uh, overemphasized battle of L.A., but uh, excited to dive into all of it tonight and with our instant reaction pod, and uh, joining me to do that is my guy, Tyler. Tyler, what's up, man? How you doing tonight? Great, man. That was fun. Like, I don't remember the last time a preseason game was actually just fun to watch. Um, it was great. It was a win. It was it was a big win, a bit of a revenge game from last year when the Rams uh, beat the Chargers. So it was pretty good. And yes, MB, I guess I look extra Asian today, whatever that means. Sometimes I do, though. Yeah. I, I, I don't know. No comment there. Um, yeah. So we'll have uh, our instant reaction tonight. Uh, we'll take some questions from you guys. Um, at the end of the podcast, if you have any, obviously, uh, Super Chat's appreciated there. But, um, you know, we'll do more of a, a quick instant reaction tonight. And then on uh, Tuesday for the Chargers feed, we'll have uh, more in-depth breakdown. You know, we'll have a chance to have more uh, of, a, of an understanding from a statistical standpoint, as well as hopefully a film standpoint. I'm not quite sure how the NFL plus uh, film this year has been looking, but I've seen some other people posting about uh, all 22 clips. So we'll see how that one goes. Um, but hopefully for, for the episode on Tuesday, we'll have a, a much more in-depth picture that we can look at from this preseason game. 
yeah, we'll take a look uh, somewhere in between our, our recording that we're doing tomorrow and, and that recording, my first day uh, teaching. Uh, we'll find some time to watch some of the films. It should be good. <laughs> Yeah, there's definitely some things that I want to uh, focus in on, but mm-hmm. um, Tyler, let's let's dive in here. Uh, biggest takeaway, I think, the most exciting play of the day obviously has to go to Darius Davis, which I, I guess could be debatable depending on your uh, stock in one Elijah Dotson. But um, just so good to see that Darius Davis is uh, as advertised. You know, when it comes to the special teams departments, you know, he was on Chargers Weekly earlier this week and. Uh, said that his goal was to score every single time that he touched it. And uh, obviously did that with an 81-yard <laughs> punt return touchdown tonight. Uh, what are your thoughts there? We haven't really seen Davis get to flex his special teams muscles uh, much in practice, but certainly seemed like a very explosive play tonight. Yeah, you pointed out exactly what I was almost worried about because at the scrimmage, you and I were pointing out Darius Davis wasn't even getting run with the team until it was the third team with Duggan. And at that point, it was it was really just like the one drive that Duggan had, and so I was I was worried because you weren't seeing anything from him as a receiver, um, and then he did have a drop, he did have a, a bubbled um, punt in like practice or whatever, mm-hmm. and so you're wondering like I don't know, man, fourth round pick, but we hadn't yet got to see him flex his chops as a returner, and we did, and he housed it, and so you go, oh yeah, okay, that's why you spent a fourth round pick on Darius <laughs> Davis. And it was as confident a touchdown as I can remember Remember, from a special teamer. You know, I think sometimes, you know, there's great blocking. And you know, we've seen Desmond King house it. We've seen Andre Roberts house it. DeAndre Carter, I believe, housed it. But the confidence at which he was able to, you know, read the read the, the team and then take yeah. off and, and score was something I feel like I really haven't seen since like a Darren Sproles type. And there was a point where, you know, you're kind of doing some of the math in your head where he kind of gets that corner and you're like, okay, he's got about this much space and he's, you know, this much room and he runs like a four, three. Oh my gosh, he's going to score. And lo and behold, like he does no problem. And you just, you just note the difference. It just yeah. looks different when a guy is out there with a four, three, we've come a long way from KJ Hill with a four, seven. <laughs> Man, catching <laughs> strays. Um, well. Yeah. You know, Darius Davis, I think uh, the official tally that I saw was that it was a 21 and a half miles per hour, which is not even as fast as he has ran in college. So, um, you know, th- that that level is different. He had that, um, the second kick return he had too. I thought he might have broken yeah. that one because there was a little bit of a crease there and you could see him kind of accelerate through that. So the acceleration was, was fantastic. The way that he paused to set up his blockers was really, really cool. Then you just see him stick his foot in the ground and and hit that hole as well as breaking some tackles it's not like he just like you mentioned it's not like he just had a crease and he just ran really fast like he had to break a tackle to get there as well um so this is uh you know i I think this is a great sign for the Chargers special teams you know again ryan ficken has established such a great culture you know we saw uh aj finley you know get a a near force fumble at the very end of the game along with raheem lane and now that they have like a legit weapon as a returner because DeAndre Carter was a solid punt returner, mm-hmm. but Darius Davis can be, you know, a guy who can give you, you know, an 80 yard punt return at any moment. And that just really changes the game for the chargers and takes a lot of pressure off the offense to be perfect, you know, every single week too. Yeah. Huge, huge, huge for this team. You know, punt returner wasn't as much the issue last year, but any edge you can get, and obviously a touchdown, you'll take that every time. Um, we'll see how he does in the kickoff returns. That was their biggest weakness last year. 
Um, I believe the first one he got to the 24, which is already seven yards better, I think, than Carter was last year. <laughs> uh, and, you know, when, when things get ironed out and they have their actual starting units, it could be even better. Um, but point is, we've seen that the speed is legit. And, you know, I, I don't know what the – he's not going to break the record for touchdowns in a season or anything, but the Chargers have always kind of had like one, you know, maybe or two touchdowns. I think Andre Roberts had one touchdown and another like 70-yarder. Mm-hmm. I think you're going to, I think this is really that season where we're st- going to start seeing a legit game changer as an, an extension of the offense, even though he's not playing on offense, there'll be an extension of that offense and give the offense another five yards, another 10 yards, or heck a whole other touchdown than they would have had, had before. And a couple of people on in the chat are saying he just made it look easy. And he did like, he's just, and the, the, the amazing thing is he's a small guy. You know, he's not a big guy, but he's very, very fast. And that's evident. But like you pointed out on that kickoff return, he was going to break some tackles. And I think a lot of people forget, and Dane Brugler pointed this out because he does, or Feldman's Freaks. I think Dane Brugler pointed it out, you know, that he squats 500 something pounds. And he's one of the strongest guys. Like Eckler is pound for pound the strongest guy on the team. And Mm -hmm. Darius Davis is going to give him his run for his money, apparently. And also he runs a 4-3. So to have a returner that's obviously that fast, but also can like actually push some weight, is really impressive and it's just going to change the way this team can score anything and now you have a kicker who kicked hey kicked 51 today so yeah. i know that he can hit from over 50 so it's just you're feeling much better about some of your special teams unit after today yeah and uh you know arguably the star of the show elijah dotson he also worked in as kick returner too he didn't get an opportunity to return anything yet so maybe some potential uh role for the, him as well um, but yeah, Charger special teams looking great. Um, Dustin Hopkins hitting from 63 yards out in warmups, according to okay, Jeff Miller. Th- that confuses me. What is happening? Does <laughs> I he don't have know, the man. job? I like, don't know. <laughs> like, if he hits from 63, respectfully, he should be out there. He should, he should be out there, or you got to tell me that he's not hurt, or tell me that he has the job. Yeah. Like, if he's healthy enough to kick a 63 yarder. And you're not playing him. Does he have the job? I, I, I think it's more of like they're protecting him. To I don't know. I I don't know. I don't want to speculate there. But yeah. um, he has been injured, so maybe they're trying to be cautious with him and not you know put him out there in a situation. Mm-hmm. Um, True, where he's rushed and and has to maybe plant wrong or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, when I saw Jeff Miller tweet that out, I was I was a little little eyebrow raised there. Okay, like interesting. So he's going to kick tonight then, and then uh, yeah, wasn't even active. So very interesting uh, situation unfolding with <laughs> Mr. Dustin Hopkins. Yeah, I guess we'll get more clarity. Hopefully, somebody asks. Yeah, yeah, we and we can talk about too. You know, guys that sat and didn't and didn't sit. Guys that played rather. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the list was pretty big this year. Twenty three players, including some players who were injured. So. You know, typically, mm-hmm. a guy like John Hightower is going to play, Keemon Hall, um, but those guys are dealing with some injuries. But um, yeah, Tyler, any surprises? Uh, Brandon Arias specifically asking about like Kenneth Murray and Asante. Any surprises for you for the guys who uh, got to sit out tonight? Yeah, Murray wasn't a surprise for me. I, I think I, I ended up leaning towards him playing like, a series or so. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, that's not a surprise. Asante Samuel Jr. sitting is a surprise to me. I didn't think, especially because. I don't know that the Chargers really had enough corners to make it work. I guess they did in the end. Sure. But I really thought that he would get out there because, you know, the whole thing with Asante Samuel Jr. is, well, how's he against the run? 
And if you're only touching players down in practice, you don't really get to know sure. for sure. And it would have been good to have, you know, an extensive look at him, a series per preseason game, two series. How's he playing the run? How's he progressed there? Because you, you kind of have to find out. And I'm, I'm glad Jaw Taylor and Dean Leonard, those guys are getting out there because you have to learn about them too. But I figured a series of two for Zahn would have been good. But he, he didn't dress. So, and I just, I don't really buy that he would have, des- I don't mean to say it like this way, but like deserved that as like a veteran day off. He's not like, he's not an established starter at this point. He was currently in a battle and he's in his third year. So I kind of figured he would have played a little bit. You know, like Zion is the unquestioned left guard. He had to go out there and play. Granted, it's a new position, but it's kind of a new position for, for Zant too. So right. that, that was the only real surprise for me. I figured he would have been out there a little bit because you want to evaluate him a bit against the run, but they said, no, it's okay. And whether that means anything, I don't know. Maybe they'll have one random dress rehearsal thing before the, the, the season starts. But yeah, that was a surprise. Yeah, you know, Asante not playing, I, I think, is is fine. I personally would rather have him get some reps because he is playing a, a, a completely new position. They, they've they said publicly that they've cross-trained him, right? But he's only played in the slot like nine times in, in the last two seasons of his career. So I would like to see him get some game reps in the slot because we've never really seen him do that. Um, so yeah. I guess I'm not necessarily surprised that he sat, but I personally would like to see him get out there. Um, mm-hmm. you know, there is obviously Zion and Jamari playing a couple drives looking great, which we can talk about. Um, that's probably more about like the lack of bodies along the offensive line, because, you know, you really only have like eight guys that you could legitimately play in a preseason game and feel good about. Um, so that, that, that's not necessarily a surprise, but, um, I, I would have liked to see Asante get some game reps out there. I would have liked to see Kenneth Murray get some game reps out there, but. You know, it is what it is. Yeah. And just Ricky, Richie Roca, just a yes, he gets three interceptions in his final game, but watch the end end of that game and the reason why there's any competition to begin with. We both picked him to be the starter by the end. Yeah. But there was a battle going on right now. Yeah. And the keyword there being established that, like, and maybe this was like, this was the, the final say in, in him being the starting slot corner. But again, mm-hmm. he's only, he's only logged nine snaps from the slot in his career. I would have liked to see him out there. Yeah, for sure. All right, what do you want to talk about next? All right, uh, arguably the biggest story. I, I think the Darius Davis stuff was really cool, but for <laughs> me, the the biggest takeaway from this game is the Chargers' rushing attack. Yeah, you know, this is uh, you know we we had seen some flashes here and there in practice, but it's really hard to get uh, a real gauge of how the rushing attack is going to work until you see the running backs able to break tackles until you see the offensive lineman able to finish blocks properly in a game. And I know that the Rams are not necessarily a, a great defense. This They have a lot of rookies. Obviously, Aaron Donald is not playing in this game. Ernest Jones, their best linebacker, is not playing in this game. Um, but still, man, to come out and have 214 rushing yards, and really you could have had like 290 if not for a holding call on Jordan McFadden that negated an Isaiah Spiller 70-yard touchdown. That's, to me, the biggest story of the night. And I thought all of the running backs who played, well, at least three of the running backs who played, ran hard. They ran well. They vision, speed, the intensity. Mm-hmm. I love the way that Joshua Kelly and Isaiah Spiller ran tonight and the style in which Kellen Moore is calling these plays. And, you know, we've, 
we were kind of waiting to see what would the emphasis be with Kellen Moore. Is it going to be kind of outside zone that the Chargers have ran previously? Is it going to be a lot of inside stuff? Is it going to be aggressive guards, uh, you know, pulling and, and things like that, misdirection? And it seems like a lot of the last two, you know, and it was a lot of interior runs, which makes sense, especially with this group, right? You have Zion and Jamari out there. Will Clapp is, I think, is an, is an underrated, you know, backup lineman. And, and I thought it looked great schematically. You felt like it was connected. And the running backs all ran very, very hard, very physical. And for me, that was that was the biggest takeaway of the night. Yeah, the downhill nature of it all. We keep hearing about it, but again, they only touch the players down in practice. So really, sometimes it just looks like it's a run stop or tackle for loss or whatever. But when it comes time to actually play, the running backs get to churn out from you know for more yards. And you know, Joshua Kelly, Isaiah Spiller in particular, when when things started out in that first half. Just the downhill nature seemed to suit them so much more. And Isaiah Spiller at times last year, like I think he could do some outside zone stuff. I think you know, there's plenty of things that he can do, but it just seemed like having, you know, like Kellen Moore and, and even Joshua Kelly, we talked to him, just a few things to do really well. Was there a whole lot of variance in the rushing attack? I don't really know. Other than dots and bouncing it outside, I don't know that there was a whole lot of variance to what we saw today, but it was five yards, six yards, four yards, seven yards. 71 yards almost it was awesome and and just to see you know there's a couple plays i think last year another play against like the the patriots in 2021 where the offensive line would you know like will clabs on johnson whoever would push the running back for another yard or so at the goal line Mm -hmm. and it just felt like the entire unit the running backs would would fight get another yard and the line would jump in get another two yards it was awesome watching this rushing attack um Last time they played the Rams, I believe it was like 18 or 17 carries for 56 yards from the running backs. Uh, I'm not going to do the math for it today, but right now, like 31 <laughs> carries by you know quarterbacks as well. Yeah. Like 31 carries for 214 yards and two touchdowns is absurd. Uh, I don't recall the last time the Chargers had any kind of rushing attack like this in the preseason. And I, I do want to shout out whoever's making the decision, the running back rotations. Because last year in the preseason, there was nothing given to the other two undrafted free agent running backs. And, you know, and maybe like they weren't as talented or something fine, but there was no opportunity for those guys to stand out. Yeah. If Joe Lombardi, based on the previous two years, were the offensive coordinator this year, we wouldn't have seen Elijah Dotson out there for more than you know one or two Very snaps fair. potentially. And Dotson, you know, not that he's been a feature guy in, in camp by any means. But he's always getting a little bit of run out there. Hoosman's been hurt, so I don't know. But Dotson always got a couple of touches. And it's like, okay, cool. They're keeping him in the loop. And then today, they give him quite a bit, despite being the fifth guy out there. And look what we, look what we, look what we have. Yeah. You know, if Joel Lombardi were the offensive coordinator in 2017, we wouldn't know who Austin Eckler was. You know, we wouldn't, maybe wouldn't have found out who he was. And now, I'm not saying Dotson is Austin Eckler by any means, but like, the Chargers have this history of finding running backs as mm-hmm. undrafted free agents, and it looks like Dotson's the next one. Yeah, and you know I think he deserves a lot of the credit because you know he that last touchdown was with the third team offensive line. I mean, it was a guy with the, at right tackle who they had literally signed on like Wednesday or whatever it was, you know. Mm-hmm. And Jari Branch, who has mostly played center, was left guard, you know. And Dotson bounced it for sure, and it's a lot of speed and athleticism, but yeah. Hey man, six yards, 92 or six carries, excuse me, 92 yards, two touchdowns. Like that's a big deal. And that's a way for you to earn these extra reps because 
you know, we were talking about in Discord, he hasn't really gotten a ton of reps in practice um, because the the focus really is on figuring out if you have what you have in Isaiah Spiller and Joshua mm-hmm. Kelly, and, and rightfully so. But if you can get that fourth guy in there, you know, I, I think that's a huge opportunity for him to to earn some more reps. And so I'm excited to see how that one goes. Um, you know, Joshua Kelly ends up nine carries, 54 yards. Isaiah Spiller, five for 27. So not a ton of opportunities for Isaiah. Again, he didn't have the one uh, the one <laughs> big play called back, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, but for me, like just stylistically, I love seeing the intention in which these this offense came out and ran the football. Um, you know, I, I feel like last year it was so intent on like, we're going to run the offense or we're going to try and play with tempo and we're going to try and do this. And like for this unit to come out and say, Hey, we want to play a physical brand of football. Like that to me was, was something that is exciting. And design wise, I'm really excited to go back and watch some things, but there was one Joshua Kelly run that I really liked because it was kind of like an, it, it was like a zone read counter play. And Zion came across the formation and kicked out the defensive end. And then Joshua Kelly, you know, burst through the line. And, and I think it was mm-hmm. like an eight yard gain. Yeah. But Easton Stick had a lane if he wanted it, you know. Mm. And we've all been clamoring for Justin Herbert to get some opportunities with his legs. And both Stick and Duggan had some opportunities tonight uh, with the design rushes. So I think just it, it first ga- first preseason game, like they have to continue to stack these bricks. But it was such an encouraging first step tonight for the ground game to do it in this fashion. Yeah. Huge. Uh, I, I really don't think we could have had a better debut and, you know, you, you're always just like every play when you first get a new coordinator, quarterback, receiver, whatever, it's almost like that first play second, like everything just feels like so intense. Like it has to matter. Oh, you got to get it right on the first play. And yeah. for the chargers to basically never have a negative rush or anything less than three yards by the, the two starting running backs, is phenomenal they it just looks it looks different it looks i don't know if it's more creative or what but it's more efficient and it seems to suit the, the talent that they have which is great and i'm glad that they also let max duggan run a couple of times mm-hmm. i believe he had two official rushes on the day one i think roundtree missed the edge rusher that he should have blocked now we might have gone for a first down the second one got a lot more yards loved seeing that Kellen Moore Duggan had, with this... Duggan had four. Sorry, sorry. To oh, he had four. Okay, yeah. well, maybe I missed. I think it. one was a scramble, technically, but yeah. Oh, okay, gotcha. Um, no, that that was great, and I think that now that we're talking about quarterbacks, Easton Stick has actually done more for himself. Well, I guess not more for himself because he is the QB two, but more for the fans than I think he's ever done in his career. Mm-hmm. Um, you could tell in camp that he was better, um, and I think that the fact that you hear about John Hightower and you hear about Palmer or Johnston, Shepard, Davis, Bynum, et cetera, you know, without really saying it's, no one really talks about Easton Sick in those moments, but there's a reason you're seeing the highlights to those players or that, you know, um, what's his name? Stone Smart, you know, Mike Ezekiel, these guys are standing out. That's a lot of it on Easton Stick. You know, you have to be able to evaluate these guys yeah. and Easton Stick's allowing these guys to shine. And tonight, the stat sheet doesn't really show it. And I feel like even at the scrimmage, you probably feel the same way. He was a good quarterback, a good backup quarterback. Was it perfect? No, that couple of throws were a little funky, but these aren't all the guys that he's been like in rhythm with. There's no set unit. And I'm sure it'll look better when he's got the starting offense out there, if he ever goes out there. And I hope he doesn't. 
But this is the first time I really felt like it's everything that they wanted, you know, whether it's Chase Daniel, whoever the backup quarterback has been, mm-hmm. Austin Stick's been the third guy. It's what the Chargers have been looking for this whole time. But now I really feel like Easton Stick controls the pocket, moves in the pocket, bails when he needs to. Like there's actually good quarterback play going on yeah. right here. And it's take like he's been around since 2019. Like, let's not forget, he's been around for a while. <laughs> A yeah, Brooke was people. Brooke was surprised to see a graphic of him in the old uniforms. Like she didn't realize <laughs> that that's he had been around that long. <laughs> yeah, man, like a good long while. And the Chargers have had different coordinators, quarterbacks, coaches. No one's yeah. really figured it out. Now, Colin Moore, Doug Nussmeyer, they get him in the fifth year of his career, so that helps. Not the first year, but they really, really have done something here with Easton Stick and. Again, the 2019 class being Trey Pipkins being your right tackle, that and you feel good about that. And Easton Stick, you actually feel kind of good right now about him being your backup quarterback. It's really fascinating to watch. Not every player have their careers turn around or get better, but a lot of players I kind of wrote off. under the, and, and under Brandon Staley, they've actually kind of had a bit of a career resurrection. Yeah, I thought that was by far Easton Stick's best game as yeah. a professional that we've seen. Um, you know, you look at the statue, like you mentioned, 14 of 21, um, had some drops in there, which certainly did not help, which we can talk about. I know there's a super chat, definitely, um, 100, 109 yards and a touchdown, but, um, you know, just in the past, like we've seen him get in these situations where it's first read, maybe a second read, but usually I'm, he's going to take off and try and run, or he's going to try and extend the play outside of the pocket do a, a scramble drill but he just looked so much more calm and collected in the pocket he was going through his progressions um you know he made some really good passes you know it's unfortunate that quentin johnson dropped that go ball yeah that was that was a really good pass from easton stick you know the, the goal line fades was kind of kind of not his finest moments but the touchdown to quentin johnson was a great pass he fired that thing in there so mm-hmm. i i'm really liking what we've seen from easton stick and we were kind of pessimistic about him being like the clear cut QB two. You know, we wanted them to go out and, and maybe get like a Cooper Rush or somebody that was a little bit more fluent in the Kellen Moore offense. But Easton Stick has had a really solid camp. He's made some really good improvements, and he looks like he's really settled into what it is to manage the game. And then also, he's gonna get gonna show off his legs. He's gonna he is going to you know, scramble from time to time. He had the two scrambles, which were really nice, smart scrambles. They weren't forced scrambles. So I, I loved what I saw from Easton Stick tonight. I thought he played a fantastic, you know, manageable game tonight. That two-minute drill at the end of the game, or at the end of the first half, excuse me, was really, really solid, smart decisions, just really calm and in control. I think that was was by far Easton Stick's best game, and I'm, I'm hopeful that he can continue to stack that up for the rest of the preseason. Yeah, that's... You know, he will have to kind of, you know, earn, continue to earn the good faith, goodwill of the fan base. Yeah, sure. The coach is already at, like, he's a QB too. There's nothing that's going to change. And I don't think Max Duggan caught him at all um, tonight overall, but he continues to stack these games. And I, listen, man, who, whoever turned it around for him or just himself, obviously, like, he can take some credit for his turnaround too. It's been it's been a pleasant surprise because I genuinely thought that this was a bad decision, and maybe it will be. You know, like maybe Cooper Rush in a game in the NFL having to jump in at halftime could be better, but for now, 
I am feeling much better about <laughs> Easton Stick as the, as the QB too. Um, and honestly, like I think you and I had when we did our, our position group rankings, he like quarterback was third or fourth, whatever for us. Like it wasn't super high, and that's mostly because of Stick and Duggan. You know, Herbert, yeah. second best player on the team, even the, maybe the best player on the team. But I feel a little bit better. Like when I move them past, you know, when I move Herbert up to first and quarterback up to first on the position group rankings now, oh, but I do feel better. And that's it's more than I can say um, about what I felt three hours ago. Yeah, I think if you're just talking about guys from last year to this year, like who's most improved player, like I think Easton Stick is in that conversation. Yeah, I think John Hightower probably would win that conversation, um, but I think Easton Stick is, is at least mentionable there. Um, all right, let's let's get to the Quentin Johnston conversation because mm-hmm. um, people online having kind of a field day about the, <laughs> the two drops and you know another Ugh. pass that was that was kind of Stick's fault. I will say I feel like the first drop on the comeback route was probably more of a pass breakup from yeah, Trey Tomlinson than it was like a real drop. But the go ball to me that was that was a very clear drop. But what did you make of Quentin Johnston's night? Yeah, so. I agree. So the first play was a screen that wasn't his, like it went nowhere. The blocking stunk. Like there's nothing, yeah. nobody could have done anything with that really. Um, don't worry about that. The first drop, like you said, it to me like overall was more about Quentin Johnson not making the play. Not really making the like the catch as much, just not making the play. Like Mike Williams comes down with two of those three, if not all three of them. And that's fine. Different player. That's Mike Williams. But I was wanting Quentin Johnson to just make one of those plays. You know, like, yeah, there's contested situations. Fine. Make one of them. But the real egregious one was that deep ball one. And granted, it wasn't the easiest one. You know, it's difficult to track over your head and to the opposite shoulder. So I understand why it's difficult. It's not like the DB wasn't anywhere near him. But I just I just really wanted him to make some of those catches. And he didn't. He didn't. And that was very frustrating. And I thought when they pulled him, because they did for almost an entire quarter. I thought that was the end of his night. And everyone's like, yep, that's the end for Quentin Johnston. What a bummer. I think he had two or four yards or whatever it was. Yeah. And then also I'm like, well, Quentin Johnston's back in the game. Touchdown. And I think that was just, that was great. I really needed to see that. I think the fans needed to see that. Good Lord. Um, And I, I think Quentin Johnston needed that. It really felt like, you know, after that first screen, I'm not saying he was nervous, but I would imagine he'd be nervous. You know, it's a lot of jitters. First NFL game, a lot of action. You're the first round pick. And they target him, you know, seven times or whatever it was that game. Like he was kind of it for them in the passing game in terms of attempts for a while. And so it just looked like there was just a little bit of nerves. And so to see him, what they, they took him out of the game for whatever reason, for however long, for him to come back in the game, run his best route, get Easton Sticks, you know, best throw as well. I think that means a lot. This this is fine. We talked about this previewing this game. He's going to make mistakes. Like he wasn't a perfect prospect. He was nobody's top 10 player. Like it was, he was not a consensus great player in this class. There were a lot of issues he had to fix and he will fix and hopefully fix many of these issues. But it was nice to see him have issues, but then respond because yeah. that, that kind of tells me that moving down the line, there will continue to be mistakes, but things will get cleaned up. Things will get worked on. And that he is resilient enough 
and the coaching staff trusts him enough to go make those plays in the end. Yeah, for me, it's it's that last part there. You know, it's the way that he responded to those mistakes. And it's what he did earlier this week in practice that Daniel Popper outlined. You know, he had um, the screen pass that he kind of fumbled a little bit. And then he had the the route that was kind of, you know, cut off unnecessarily by Michael Davis for an inter- interception. And then tonight the drops. And, you know, it's about how he responds and how he continues to improve. You know, apparently there was a comment that, you know, he's having a really bad camp because he's struggling with drops. I disagree with that assessment. I completely disagree with that. Um, you know, it's happened for sure. There have definitely been some drops. But to me, like the way that that was painted online after the quote was kind of ran away with was that he's dropping passes every day. It's this big problem that it's, you know, this player is, you know, confirming priors. Like that's what it was. People were trying to confirm some priors. Yes. Uh huh. You know, Quentin Johnston like he's going to have some passes that he drops. Like, I think this is a skill that he's continuing to improve upon. It's not necessarily a strength of his at this moment, but we've also seen him in practice, you know, have these contested catch situations that he just, just goes up and snatches the ball with both hands very clearly, you know, a hands catcher. And those are things that we didn't really see, you know, at TCU from time to time. So Mm -hmm. he's improving with his hands and the chargers don't need him to be a wide receiver one. You know, this is the situation for him. So I would have loved to see him come down with that go ball again. To me, the, the comeback was not really a drop. I I would count that more as a pass breakup from Trey Tomlinson. Mm -hmm. Um, But I'm glad he got to go back in there. I'm glad he was able to run that route the way he did and get the touchdown. And I think that's going to be a positive thing for him again. This is the learning experience, you know, that we talked about on Thursday. And if he's in six in a play like this, like he's going to have a lot of good opportunities over the yeah. next couple of preseason games as the team's wide receiver one. And I think that's going to be, you know, provide some ex- exciting moments for sure. Yeah. Again, Trey Pipkins was some random tackle from Sioux Falls. And now I, I can't imagine another right tackle out there. Easton Sick <laughs> has literally not been a good quarterback. And tonight he was good. And so Quentin Johnson has a lot more talent, um, I think, overall, and has a lot going for him with a lot of great mentors, great wide receiver coach, great quarterback, great receivers around him. He'll be fine. Uh, Keenan Allen had 12 yards per game in the preseason his rookie year as a third round pick, but he had 12 yards per game. And I think his last two (laughs) games were eight yards and zero yards. So I'm not trying to do the whole comparison thing. I'm just saying, you know, it's the preseason. Let him make mistakes. But please... Please, people on Twitter, stop calling him Jamar Chase. I can't stand it anymore. I should make an entire video rant <laughs> how much I hate when that gets brought up. Anyway, Quentin Johnson will be fine. And no, he doesn't have drop issues in camp. He had one day where I saw really bad drop issues. Yeah. Other than that, I, I don't think I've seen a day where it stood out at all. Like if he had one, fine. So did Keenan Allen. So did Mike Williams. So did Josh Palmer. So did everybody. You know, these guys are getting like 20 targets in practice, you know, one-on-ones, et cetera. So it's fine. He's been fine. He's been really good for them. And I hope that he continues to. And if you get, you know, a drop and a touchdown, you're kind of alternating throughout the, the regular season. That'd be okay. Yeah. Sorry. got to fix my light real quick. Um, yeah, I, I think it's fine. Like, I, I'm not going to overreact to this. I think this is, you know, This is just part of the experience for him, and and I think he's going to be able to continue to improve. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. 
Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Um, all right, Tyler, let's talk pretty quickly about the defense, then we'll get into some questions and maybe some other, you know, concerns like that. Mm-hmm. Um, super cool that CJ Okoye got to end the night with a sack, man. Yeah. Like, I, I thought that was such a cool moment. The team very clearly is invested in that whole situation. Um, probably should have been Gerard Clarks, but uh, I'm glad to see CJ <laughs> Okoye get in there. I thought yeah. the defensive line as a whole looked really good tonight. What did you make of their performance uh, against the Rams this evening? Yeah, it just continued what we saw at the scrimmage. The Chargers seem to have a really, again, third stringer versus third stringer, but a nice deep rotation of guys who play hard, work hard, play well. You know, I think I'm seeing, I could be wrong, but I feel like I'm seeing more balance from this team, run and pass from these defensive linemen and edge rushers than I did last year. I feel like some guys are better at that than others. Like Chris Hinton tonight, there was like a either a run stop or a tackle for loss where the Rams weren't moving him. And I think the next play was a pressure. Mm-hmm. Like that's that's really, really big for the Chargers who, you know, Braden Fajoko was always good against the run, but couldn't you offer you really anything against the pass? Someone like Hinton being able to give you just a little bit more against the pass is great. Then you see David Moa flying around. He's way faster than I would have thought. For a you know a giant nose tackle or defensive tackle, but yeah. good for him. Um, I thought Shelby played the run well. Andrew Farmer set the edge very well. A lot of guys are playing really well as kind of like two way players, and it's really impressive to see. They continue what they did against this at, at the scrimmage, and I think the Chargers. It's very difficult. Like I don't know if any one player separated themselves tonight, but all of them had good games. Like there are several guys who had good games, and so there's really no separation because everyone feasted. Yeah, I, I was. Very, very happy with the the defensive line performances tonight. Um, you know, the, I don't think I saw Joe Nopum out there, and I definitely didn't see 
uh, Rob Havenstein. Those are two guys who will be key starters for the Rams, but right. they had a lot of other key starters out there. You know, Andrew, I, the CBS broadcast was like totally wigging out. And so I was listening, <laughs> I was listening like the first quarter of it on the, the, uh, Fox broadcast with Andrew Whitworth and, um, Logan Bruss, a guy who we talked about as a potential guard. Apparently he's like in competition for the right tackle spot to start. Mm-hmm. And he was saying that the Rams are very, very high on him, that they're really like they've been very impressed with him. And Chris Rumpf had some good reps against him. You know, Thule had some good reps against the left tackle. And it, they those two just really set the tone early. That first drive, Thule had a couple pressures. Chris Rumpf had the sack. And that really was the, the, the energy for the rest of the unit. And I think we saw that in the scrimmage as well, where Khalil Mack and Chris Rumpf and Thule kind of set everything up and then the other guys kind of followed suit um i thought ty shelby had some really good reps i thought uh carlo camp had some good reps as well Mm -hmm. um you know this is a team where last year at this time we were very very concerned about the edge depth and now i I think there's a chance that ty shelby in particular could maybe make this a little interesting to keep five pass rushers but yeah i still need to see a little bit more there but at least there's that threat um, because last year at this time we were like, okay, like you have three and maybe kind of Kyle Van Noy, like last yeah. year was a big concern. And the way that Thule has played and really hit the ground running is very, very mm-hmm. encouraging. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Chris Rumpf, he did this kind of thing last year, so we'll see, but, um, <laughs> I thought he had some really great rushes tonight. So, yeah. um, the defensive line performances were very, very encouraging tonight and it was all across the board. I thought Scott Malock had some good moments. You mentioned mm-hmm. Chris Hinton. Gerard Clark came in and right away got a run stop on his first snap. So yeah, um, it was just a, it was a good, nice performance from the defensive line. Yeah, it really was. I, I don't know if a fifth edge rusher is going to make this roster, but at least like, unlike last year where guys got hurt and they're like, uh, call up Jeremiah Tauchu from 2014. <laughs> you know, whereas, whereas I feel like this year they'd actually want to elevate somebody from their roster or from their, from their practice squad. So I think they've only kept one true edge player. Uh, for the last few years, or at least under Brandon Staley. I'm going to think that's Shelby right now. I think Shelby and Farmer were the first two guys out there and played quite a bit. Surprised it wasn't Carlo Kemp out there first. But maybe they're just looking for some new guys. So sure. wh- whoever it is, uh, great. I, I feel pretty good about it. And if they keep two, cool with that too. Yeah. All right, Tyler, any other defensive takeaways before we jump into some questions here? I want to watch Jasir Taylor's film before I kind of make any comments there. It's so difficult to tell anything about DBs. Um, People are asking about JT Woods as well. That was a dumb penalty. I don't care if it's... It was ticky-tacky, but it was still dumb. (laughs) Right. It's a ticky-tacky, stupid penalty that shouldn't be called because it's whatever. But it is called, so don't do it. You know, like it's, it's dumb that it's called, but it is, so don't do it. I thought, and I the box score, I don't think it's showed this enough. I think JT Woods played the run a lot better than I'm, I'm used to seeing him. I think they only gave him credit for, yeah. let's see, I think three tackles here. I thought there were several moments where if he wasn't the guy making the tackle, he was ready to, he was in space, he was meeting them at the line of scrimmage. Um, and it's unfortunate that that penalty is going to take away from what I think was actually a, a better night from him. So that's a player I want to go back and watch because I thought he played better against the run. And we just kind of have now forgotten about it because of that penalty. Yeah, there were a couple of reps from him that I really, really liked. Uh, 
Mm-hmm. Um, the Rams touchdown that got got called back really helped him out because that that was not a good rep from him. Yeah. Um, although that in that specific moment, I I want to say like Amon and and Jasir Taylor had that like initial play really locked down, and then there was the holding penalty that the Rams running back kind of bounced it and and put JT Woods in a tough spot. Um, but I, the defensive back performances is. is it's always tough to gauge because we really only see when they're like actually targeted. Um, I, I thought Dean Leonard seemed to have a good night, but yeah, um, you just never really know until you're able to get down to that film. But mm-hmm. I, I thought there was some good and then some bad plays from JT Woods, and then obviously the uh, penalty, which I thought was was silly at best. Yeah, can't wait to watch some of these DBs. Um, it seemed like Mullen came out of that. Uh, injury okay i didn't realize he had a pass breakup until like the replay when they were showing his injury like the most fingertip pass breakups are good for him um yeah definitely want to watch these guys a little bit later yeah um people asking about it in the question uh or excuse me people asking about it in the chat um deon henley working with the third team defense tonight what did what are your thoughts there yeah so i i guess I'm not surprised. So we we had figured, I think, even in the preview show, that Amen would be out there before him. I think that was kind of a done deal. I think they 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 have always liked, even though they drafted Nick, and I think Nick is honestly better. They've liked Amen out there as a true you know linebacker sort of type than Nick. So that's fine. That I got. I was surprised to see Neiman out there over Henley initially, but. I get it. Like that is a tandem that has worked together that has kind of worked well together in the preseason. So I understand. Does it mean anything? I, I don't really think so. I think by the time we get to, you know, later uh, in the preseason, that might change. But at the same time, like Amen and, and Nick Neiman, like they do pretty well in the preseason and they are core special teamers. Yeah. So you do know more about them. I don't know that you know, you're going to take those guys and, and cut one of them or whatever. So I, I would like to see a mix in there, but for now it's fine. Yeah. I, I think the, the rotation has always been the five. Like they're definitely keeping those five because Eamon and Neiman were such good special teams players for them previously. Like those are, those are your arguably your best two special teams players. Um, and then Henley's important on special teams as well. But um you know, Amen has been the very clear backup to Eric Kendricks. Like, if anything happens to Kendricks, Amen is going to be the guy who starts in his place because he they're way more comfortable with him, you know, controlling things in the middle, calling plays, being that physical presence. Whereas I think Nick Neiman and and Deion Henley, they're more of your replacements for Kenneth Murray, who are more of kind of your space and chase linebackers. And I think that fits well. You know, Deion Henley had a couple pass breakups tonight. You know, I, I thought that um, who was the, I think it was on the play when Chris Hinton had his pressure. Dayon was the one who ultimately ended up breaking up the pass on, on the third down. And then there was that play in late in the third quarter where the Rams came, Rams receiver came on the inside and Dayon punched the ball out, you know, to, to keep them in, in fourth and long. So Dayon seemed like he had some good moments. I did. I do also know that there were, some alignment issues that you could tell where he was not necessarily settled in. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I think calling plays for him is probably a bit much, um, but I, I don't know if they have any other option with the third team defense. So some, again, similar to Quentin, some good, some bad, 
Yeah, but I think definitely some encouraging signs for Dan Henley. But I'm I'm not surprised that he's working with the third team defense because that's kind of been what they've been doing in training camp so far. Right, and to see him get some work on on third down and passing situations to make some plays in that regard is great. Like that does make sense. That's kind of naturally what he's good at as a former DB. So that's fine. Um, it'll it'll take some time for him to get uh, caught up to speed. I know fans were very much like he's going to replace Murray by week one or even by the bye week. I never really subscribed to that, and it's only like mm-hmm. gotten quote unquote worse since then because it's it's been clearly there's no one unseating Murray right now, if not the entire season. Um, and if it is, maybe it's Amon. So it'll take some time. You know, Tom Pelesco after the draft said, you know, he might work in as some linebacker for us, but I think he's a good special teamer. And for now, that's probably what he is. Yeah. So anything other than that is fine. Yeah, I, I think we'd see Amon before him. I think. If he can beat out Nick Neiman, that's kind of the, the spot, yeah. which we'll see. I'm sure they'll rotate some more. You know, Nick Neiman really didn't play a whole lot after like the first quarter. And then that's mm-hmm. where Dan started to come in. And then they started doing some some penny packages. So um, we'll see how that rotation goes. All right. So we'll have a lot more in-depth thoughts on Tuesday. We'll take some questions for a brief amount of time, maybe five to ten minutes. So if you guys have a question that you Want to make sure it gets answered. Feel free and do the super chat feature. All of that is always appreciated as always. And then we'll, ha- like I said, we'll go more in depth, specifically talking about the offensive line. People are asking me about that. I need to go back and watch the film for sure. <laughs> yeah. um, obviously, I, easy to tell that Zion and Jamari were themselves, but you know, uh, I want to see really how Foster Sorrell and Austin Pleasants looked on film. Although that second sack on Max Duggan was, was ugly. It was not pretty. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <sighs> We'll go. We'll watch the film and see, and wait for the numbers to come out too. Not that that always means everything, but I I am a little curious how things turned out for Foster Serral, at least numbers wise. It wasn't great last preseason. wasn't great in the regular season, and you know Trey Pipkins went from like I think he had like nine pressures and a penalty or a sack every game in 2021 to only one (laughs) pressure allowed in 2022's preseason so yeah that was a big turnaround i was hoping for that from Cyril. didn't happen um although i don't know some of the quarterback play didn't help him either yeah uh the first sack on max duggan i thought was was duggan's fault i thought he, he should have stepped up yeah. there the second one there's there's really nothing that he <laughs> no. could have done differently when you when both of your tackles get beat like that you're just yeah. kind of fucked like there's really nothing you can do there <laughs> yeah yeah, I, I definitely didn't leave today's game feeling better about the uh, tackle depth. But, you know, it's just the preseason. Ode Ibushi stunk it up in the preseason in 2021. Had a great start to the 2022 season. <laughs> yeah, I, I I can't say I remember Ode being struggling in the preseason. But um, Eddie Dale wants to know how we feel about the tight ends tonight. Didn't see a ton of them. A couple catches from Parham, a couple catches mm-hmm. from McKitty. There were some rough moments from a kitty. Uh, you know, there were some times I mm. saw him get beat, but you know, we'll we'll confirm with the film. But I, I wasn't crazy about the tight ends today. Yeah, I wasn't really watching the tight ends, the line of scrimmage. So that's a bummer to hear about McKitty there. So McKitty, uh, one catch, two yards, but it was just kind of like a dump off. Um, Donald Parham, I, had, I thought he had two catches, but he had one, which was great. You know, pushing downhill or down the field with him, fantastic. Um, not really much to glean other, other than that, though. This team has very much moved away from 
like really targeting tight ends. It feels like Parham yeah. maybe like occasionally down the field, but they're mostly blockers. Although Everett, I think, and I, I think I, would, I think Daniel Popper probably has the stats tracked, has really showed out in practice recently um, with touchdowns, two point conversions. So we'll see what happens when he's actually out there. Yeah, I don't think we'll see much of an expanded role for Parham. Like I, I think it's pretty much going to be what 2021 was, where it's like. Mm-hmm. A couple catches here and there, you know, and he's going to be very involved as a blocker. But um, Trey McKitty, it's been basically like a couple catches, like every other practice. I think today he had like one. Was it one catch for each of them pretty much? Uh, for the tight ends? Yeah. One for 13 for Parham, one for two for McKitty. Yeah. So that's just, you know, that's not really <laughs> it's unfortunate, but. You know, I was watching uh, Jeff Swain block his ass off earlier. Uh, I guess that was yesterday. So that's fun. That's fine. Hey, listen, I'm going to read you a stat. 200 and whatever, 214 rushing yards. So yeah, didn't need them, I guess. You don't need tight ends when everything's up the middle, I guess. That's that's where we're at. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Not a question, but from ET forward for a thoughts on Thule. Yeah, uh, I thought he had a really solid day. You know, there was a run stop. I don't know if he's going to get official credit for it. Um, But he's so good at knifing inside of the tight Mm -hmm. ends when it comes to backside seals. And then he got in there for a a run stop. Um, He had the effort pressure. Wasn't a sack, right? The the one where uh, Rippian booted out. No, there was another pressure as well um, that Gavino highlighted where he had the cross chop and... um, you know, really beat, beat the offensive tackle on the corner. Chris Rumpf looked good as well today, too. So, yeah, I've been very, very happy with Thule. Like, again, as somebody who was kind of higher on him than maybe others, like, he's he's impressed me a lot. I think the Chargers are going to be very, very happy with him this year. Yeah, I, I think I've been, I've been bouncing back and forth between this, and we'll see. But I feel like if you had to ask me who the best rookie has been so far, I actually think it might be Thule, which is tough because we haven't seen – we get I would say most guns. consistent. I would say most consistent. That I would definitely, definitely agree with. Um, it's definitely between him and Johnston, but I, I do think that he's just, especially for the, the no buzz that he gets, no one talks to him really. <laughs> like no one's filming him. And it's all about Quentin Johnston, right? So maybe it's yeah. even just that. Like the second round pick to step up and be what he has been. Um, and I'm not going to say it's pushing Chris Rumpf, but Chris Rumpf continues to look good. And just having that duo out there to work with each other is just awesome. Yeah, hundred um, percent. Lots of love for uh, Elijah Dotson tonight. Again, like I, I think that that's really exciting because we haven't really seen him get a ton of reps, and this should you know be a momentum builder for him. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, maybe next week Joshua Kelly doesn't have to play a whole lot. You know, yeah, I don't know. Maybe those reps kind of can go to Elijah Dotson, but. He's just a different profile. Like, I think the roles are so defined with like Eckler and Kelly and Spiller and what they yeah. do well kind of complements each other pretty well. But there's no real like home run threat, like true speed home run threat outside of Eckler in that group. And so Dotson becoming a reliable piece, I think, would be fantastic. And if it pushes somebody off somebody else off the roster, then I think you keep a guy like that because he can also provide you some special teams ability too. So mm-hmm. um, so that was very encouraging. I'm hopeful that he can continue to earn those reps and play well over the next couple of preseason games. Yeah, we'll, we'll see how things are divvied up. I don't think that 
they feel like Roundtree has to continue to be the fourth guy for them. I think we can see that switch as early as next game. Um, I, I th- it depends. We'll see what happens with Hightower, but this kind of feels like that potential spot if Hightower can't get back out there and he's hurt for for more weeks and Dotson keeps having these games like this. Kind of feels like that spot. Granted, that's also dependent on Jalen Guyton, um, but we'll see. I, I don't know what the the path would be. Like, yes, he can contribute on special teams. His only punt return ever was like an 80-yard punt return for a touchdown in college. <laughs> um, I, I just don't really know where he mixes in other than just as the RB4, who I would love to have on the team if that's what he can do. I just, they'll have, they'll have to do some, you know, moving things around or cut yeah. Max Duggan or or not Xander Horvath, which is which is possible. Um, but unlikely at this point. Yeah, I mean the the thing that I kind of keep on coming back to is that they've they've kept ten defensive backs each of the last two years under Brandon Staley. I don't really feel comfortable about any of that tenth option right now. I mean, Keeman Hall's been injured. You know, I liked AJ Finley a lot as an undrafted free agent, but he barely plays. You know, maybe Mark Webb is able to stay healthy all the way. That might be your tenth. But uh, he he was a starter tonight, so I, I guess he might be even ahead of Raheem Lane right now. Um, so I, I don't know. That that might be a spot that we might talk about down the road is that 10th def- defensive back maybe becoming something else. And uh, we talked about the fullback. Xander was involved a lot tonight. Mm-hmm. I think that was more about not having a full tight end room personally because mm-hmm. um, Everett wasn't out there. But mm-hmm. – that was by far the most run we've seen Xander getting on offense uh, thus far in training camp. Yeah, and once again, he is the starter on kickoff return. He's he's a core special teamer. Uh, yeah. He's not making the roster because he's a fullback. He's making it because he's a special teamer. Sure, sure. Um, all right, last thing here, uh, Joe Alexander. We talked about the Quentin drops earlier, um, so don't want to revisit that, but he wants to know thoughts on the play calling overall from tonight. Um good as as far as i could tell it it felt like again watching things and having to tweet type take notes and everything is so difficult (laughs) but it felt like on many instances i guess the best way i can say is that easton looked very comfortable and it felt like he had many options but which also included him running i thought it looked good on the defensive side of the ball i am curious where Derek gansley started to fit in um versus brandon state like did staley take the first half amsley take the second half switching drives i don't know um, but it didn't it didn't look like the defense like lost its identity so at, at any particular point so i thought overall the play calling was good but i won't really be able to tell until i actually watch it yeah like we talked about the running game and i, I really liked the, like the cohesion and the connective tissue that they displayed on the ground but i, I liked overall what Kellen moore did tonight I, I don't think this is the full arsenal obviously i mean it's not going to be without justin herbert and keenan and mike in there but yeah you know there was a very clear cut like connected plan with the aggressive downhill rushing attack and the play action off of that zone reads off of that the rpos the screens i thought it all made sense and worked together which is not really the case of what preseason has been the last two years <laughs> um if we're being completely honest it was just kind of like hey like let's throw this out there and see what sticks um no pun intended um so i, I thought kellen moore had a really nice debut defensively again i don't think we saw a ton of what we'll see with without all the starters out there 
but there were definitely a couple blitz packages out there that I really, really liked. Mm-hmm. Um, the Chris Rumpf sack was, uh, uh, was a blitz package with Eamon and Neiman mm-hmm. were both up and then Neiman kind of like came and then went back. So kind of mm-hmm. like a delayed retreat and it really schemed up one-on-ones for everybody across the board. So, you know, regardless of your feelings about Staley, the one thing I think we all can agree on is that he is fantastic at scheming up one-on-ones for his pass rushers because of these blitz packages that he's so great at dialing up at the right times. Yeah, he, he that's always been kind of his bread and butter. I, I thought from the Rams days, watching him, you know, Aaron Donald is the focus of every offensive line. And yet he found ways to get him open or maybe his Brockers or whoever it was um, to get these guys one-on-one. So that's fantastic. And yeah, I thought tonight was, was no different. And, you know, with the way Kendricks has been, Murray's been, your arsenal now with Henley, Neiman, you know, Amen, et cetera. You're feeling pretty good about that group. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. All right. So much That's for our 30 minute quick reaction. <laughs> hey, man, it was, it was the right intent. It's the first preseason. You know, they yeah. said on the show, it's, it's preseason for everybody. So it's preseason <laughs> for us, too. Yeah. Um, but just had so many things to talk about tonight being the first preseason game. So, yeah. Um, appreciate everybody for tuning in. Uh, by far the most people in the chat that we've had in really since draft time. So appreciate everybody for uh, tuning in tonight. Again, we'll have a lot more in-depth reaction and some more uh, clearly defined segments for the Charter Show on Tuesday. Um, can't wait to dive into the film. Uh, you know, we'll see if Tyler's able to because you know his first day teaching. Congrats, by the way. Thank you. Um, but uh, excited for this, uh, Tyler. Any uh, final thoughts before we head out? Honestly, just thank you guys for being here. You guys are complete sickos. Some of you, it's 1.30 <laughs> in the morning where you are. At, at best, it was 9.30 you know, when you started for most of you here in California. Thanks for being here. I really appreciate it. Uh, hopefully, we can party after some actual regular season wins. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Jorge joking, victory, funeral potatoes. That's, that's definitely not what you want to eat when you're trying to celebrate. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, you know, we'll, we'll have some fun with it for sure. All right, that's going to do it for us tonight, you guys. Uh, Stay tuned for uh, our episode on Tuesday with the Chargers. Uh, Like I said, we'll have some more in-depth thoughts there. And uh, that's going to do it for us tonight. We'll see you then. As always, bolt up. Spring is in the air at Littleton Coin Company, and we want to help you brighten your collection. Visit us at littletoncoin.com all month long to enjoy 15% off your purchase. With a wide selection of coins, paper money, supplies, and more, Littleton Coin Company has something for every collector's taste. Use promo code SPRING at littletoncoin.com for 15% off your purchase all month long. Restrictions apply. Littleton Coin Company. Serving collectors since 1945.